What's going on, everybody? It's your host, Jimmy Johnson Jr., and I'm back on my podcast, Vitamin Sports. You take vitamins every day, just like we talk about sports every single day. The moment you all have been waiting for, the moment I've been waiting for, the legend himself. He doesn't need no introduction. He played basketball. He played football. He played baseball. He taught tennis. He coached down Chick Webb. He coached down Oliver. He coached for Bucky Lee. He just did so many things. He coached for Carver High School, for those who are in Baltimore. He did so many things. Had a chance to go to MLB. But I'm going to let him introduce himself. Go ahead, my special guest. Good evening, everyone. This is Coach Vance, Jimmy Grandfather. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And today we're <laughs> going to talk about coaching and the evolution of where the NBA has came from and where it is on its way to. So how do you feel about coaching? What inspired you to coach? Well, what inspired me to coach was growing up in Cherry Hill. I used to go to the rec center and play different sports. As a young boy playing baseball, football, and basketball, tennis, and even running track a little bit. I was very interested in being a professional athlete when I was a young kid growing up in Cherry Hill. And when I went to Cherry Hill Junior High School, I met a very important person that was in my life. He was one of my teachers. He was my phys ed teacher. I'll never forget some of the things he taught me. And one thing he taught me was, if you're going to play sports, always give 100%, mentally, physically, and emotionally. So that would, that's, that's why I became interested in sports, too, from my uh, physical education teacher, who was my mentor, mm. Mr. Robinson. Okay. And thank you to Mr. Robinson. You took what you learned from your phys ed teacher and applied it to coaching. You know, you coached a lot of young men out here. Some of the young men went to the NBA. You know, some went to the uh, semi-pros. Some are coaches themselves. How do you feel about just seeing your body of work and how you influence a lot of young men in the Baltimore community? Well, it makes me real proud that these young men that I used to coach and used to mentor to they made something up their lives. Not only did they become a coach or athlete, but they also became a better person in life. And that, that and I always have a very emotional uh, feeling with what they with, 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 with what they had become and what they're doing for their lives now, and then they're doing for their family and doing in their profession. Okay, that's that's good. That's good. That's good. You know, so if you had to pick a sport, what would be your favorite sport? Well, as a young kid, my favorite sport was baseball mm. because that was uh that's that's the one I excelled in as a young boy growing up. And then when I started working in recreation, I, uh, matter of fact, I, when I first started working in recreation, I was a baseball coach. 
Okay. But baseball is only a spring and summer sport. So as a young recreator and recreation leader in Cherry Hill, I was uh, assigned to this playground. And it was outdoors. So during the cold months, when it snowed and everything, I still went down to the playground and we played flag football. And we also played baseball, uh, basketball. Because some days, if it was snow, after it was snow, we would shovel the snow off the basketball court and still play baseball outside in the snow. Hmm. Okay, so you had a had a well experience in baseball. You know, you played it basically all year round. Not too many people, you know, do that with certain sports, especially sports that are specifically played in a certain, you know, season. But it seems as though you were – the way you're talking, it seems as though you were a real good baseball player, would you say? Uh, yes. As a matter of fact, I uh, I played Pony Leagues all the way up to my high school years. And then I played for Southern High School. I played for Coppin State University. And um, before I started working in recreation, I did have an opportunity to try out for the Oil Farm Club. But at the time, I was playing the same position that Eddie Murray was playing. So um, I got an opportunity to try out. But the Lord had some, something else planned for me to do in life. And that was to work in recreation, work in physical education, and try to help your other young men to achieve to achieve their dreams in athletics and in sports arena. Okay. Sounds as though... You know, you're comfortable with, you know, with God has sent you. And a lot of people aren't comfortable, you know, when they don't get what they, you know, set their hearts out for. But later on in their life, it seems as though they come to a conclusion, like, you know, God has put this in my life to do this. I feel as though I can impact even more. And I'm one of those people. I had a dream of, you know, making it to a professional, either basketball, football. But, you know, God has put me in a different direction of helping people with my voice and talking about sports, you know, so yes. I'm happy about that. You know, uh, on a daily basis, I get people, you know, send me messages saying, Hey man, keep doing what you're doing, man. Um, I'm learning more and more about sports. Um, you know, can I get on the show? So that, you know, that's a good feeling. You know, you're one of those people probably that faithfully listen to me on my podcast, you know, send me some information on what I should talk about, you know, what pointers I can make, you know, others. I can't name everybody. It's too many, but I thank them every time. So I'm going to try. Yes. Uh, uh, let me say this. Uh, as a high school athlete, uh, my uh, sophomore year, mm -hmm. I was, uh, I was selected to go to this conference which they are called FCA, which stands for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Yes. And I was representing my high school, Southern High School, and it was a group of athletes from all over the Baltimore City public schools that were selected to represent their school. And we boarded a motor coach bus, and we traveled to Worcester, uh, Worcester Massachusetts, outside of Boston, mm -hmm. to go attend this Fellowship of Christian Athletes conference. And uh, each athlete was assigned to a certain huddle group at the conference. And what we learned was how to bring Christ into our lives as a Christian athlete and how to exemplify the Christian spirit 
on the athletic field or the basketball court or the baseball diamond. And this helped me to grow into a person who understand that sports is great in a young man's life, but sports isn't everything because you have to have Christ in your life also. Right. So that was a, that really, that impacted my life also as a coach. Oh, okay. That's, and that's, and that's good. You know, for those who, you know, believe in Christ, that's very good. I was a part of FCA. Also, I played basketball for a couple of years for FCA. Um, it definitely was an experience for me as well. I got to uh, know people. I got to become a better leader on and off the uh, floor. So it was something for me as well. Um, I want to transition to, you know, how do you feel about the direction the NBA is going into? Okay, that's a very interesting question. Uh, I think the NBA... The NBA the National Basketball Association have a great future with all these up-and-coming, outstanding basketball players. Just to name a few, uh, Giannis, Doncic, uh, the young player from uh, the Nuggets. Which one? Uh, uh, Jokic or Jokic, yeah. Jokic, and also uh, you have... Uh, Um, oh yes, the young man on the Milwaukee Bucks, Middleton. Uh, Chris Middleton. Mm-hmm. Chris Middleton. Don't, and don't uh, forget about John Morant. John. Oh yes, John Morant, and also uh, the young man that plays for Phoenix that played with Chris Paul, Booker, uh, Devin Booker. Devin Booker. Oh, the the NBA is has a wealth of young, up and coming, all stars, mm-hmm. and outstanding NBA players. So I think the NBA. It's going to have a bright future as these young men perfect their craft and how they will help their teams to achieve the ultimate goal is in winning an NBA championship. Mm-hmm. So, you know, with everything going around in the NBA right now, is this like the most collective of young talent you've seen in a long time since you've been watching basketball? Uh I have mixed emotions on that because, like, I grew up in the uh, in the Michael Jordan era with uh, Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, Scottie Pittman, uh, and the young man that played for with uh, Carl Malone. What's his name? John the guard, John, John Stockton. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, it was a wealth of uh, talent, Jerry West. Mm-hmm. But you know. Um, in in my era, these uh, great athletes and great basketball players, and oh, just to mention uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Bill Russell and Will Chamberlain, you know, mm-hmm. they was in my era. Right. So with the NBA, these different eras of basketball, uh, oh, I forgot to mention Charles Barkley and, and Carl <laughs> Malone, but it's so many. With the talent that's coming out of high school and college, it's a... a the talent, like LeBron James, I guess he came up in your era. Yeah, 2003. And, uh, and, and, and Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and and uh, yeah, some I see what you're saying. You know, some of the young guys uh, are starting to peak early. 
within because a lot of people are starting to put their kids in sports a little bit earlier and they starting to get more competitive from, you know, little league to AAU to high school, college. And it seems as though, you know, each level has changed. It used to be, you know, fun and Mm -hmm. interesting. And then now it's competitive and money making behind everything. You know, you thought the money making business was just in, you know, from high, a little bit in high school to college, but now it's from little leagues all the way to high school and college. So I, what I see in these young athletes, I don't see the desire to want to get better. And what I mean, desire want to get better, is everybody wants to make it to the league, but nobody wants to perfect their craft. <laughs> Meaning, like the one and dones, you know. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's true. But I guess because of the, the economics uh, of uh, the sport of basketball, I guess these young men who has the potential to be up-and-coming NBA stars, mm-hmm. their agents is filling their heads with uh, dreams and, and, and filling their heads with, well, you you know, why are you going to stay in college for two and three years when you are, you are a potential uh, number one or no, the top ten draft pick? You can go ahead and make the money. Mm-hmm. And support your family, and then go back and get your degree. And you know, with the up and coming uh, players like Steph Curry, and and with the three point uh, skills that these young men have, they 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 are rep- this this get the NBA game is being revolutionized with the three point plays now. Most most of the athletes, you know, if you got a three point shot and you can play some defense, and you can you know create your own shot and you can handle the ball, then if you're in college, you're going to be a top top 10, top 15 player. So that's why a lot of these players are, you know, they're they, 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 they learning how to shoot behind the three-point line. Yeah. And they're and they trying to get into the league. And, and a lot of these young men, you know, they may come from a, a, a uh Tough a economic, yeah, yeah a, a economic background where they they need to help their family out of poverty. Yeah, and I, so. I understand that. You know, mm-hmm. and then some are even traveling even further. Some are coming from different countries, you know. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, I don't think, really paid attention to this past Olympic Games, as far as basketball. That the world is starting to catch up to the um, to uh, the NBA because yes. two things are for certain: the WNBA is getting better, it's getting more interesting, it's getting more buzz. I think it's from you know the playoffs, you know how the NBA players just gravitated towards them and and came with them with open arms to say, "We're here for you. You are our sisters. We're going to unite as one." And then not to mention international players, you know, are always thought worth, I'm not going to say always, but were thought as softer players. But a lot of people don't know they're fundamentally sound. And you saw yes. how the U.S. Uh, struggled against some of these teams. Um, You know, we got superstars and then we got, you know, uh, stars on our team. These guys got everybody's a star on their team. Everybody's fundamentally sound. Everybody's been playing basketball since they can walk out of the womb. So they have an all pro background. You know, when you put, you know, certain guys together, it doesn't always fit. Right. But sometimes because you got so much star power, you don't need it to fit because everybody knows who needs the ball, who needs to get the ball. 
But well, yeah, you know that's a good point. Uh, the international league, uh, like uh, look, look at Donis. He's a good example. Mm-hmm. He he's been playing basketball ever since he was maybe like five or six years old, and he as a young teenager he was playing with young men. Grown men. And that grown men. Okay, and <laughs> that's why his game is so developed. And he's uh, he's such a great player. And uh, with the uh, the European league. The league in China, the league in Africa. You like you say the, the NBA is a is a worldwide wide sport now. Mm-hmm. That's why every year in the uh, when the Olympics or when the Pan American Games come, it, it's it's not always a given thing that the Americans going to win win the gold medal or win the at the um, the Pan Pan Am Games because there's so many great basketball players in in all countries now. Right. So. Yeah, and you see, like, and that right there, I was I was shocking a lot of people talking about how, you know, the U.S. is going to struggle because these teams ain't no joke. I right. think the first game they played was against uh, Nigeria, and Nigeria beat them bad. Yeah, with them. <laughs> beat them with out them rebound them, out, just outplayed them. Mm-hmm. And people was like, well, we don't have enough star power. I was like, nah, we got stars on there. We got, but the thing is, they're fundamentally sound, right? Plus, the the, uh, the team, the U.S. team, had to develop the chemistry because the uh, European and African teams they've been playing for years, like four or five years together. Mm-hmm. These guys, when they when they picked the USA team, yeah, they played against each other. Some of them, but a lot of them haven't played with each other, right? So. And they some of them are, chemistry. Right. And mm-hmm. some of them are very young too. So it's that's a big that's an even bigger stage than you know what they're used to. Some of them that don't make it to the NBA, that's another big stage because you're playing for the work you're playing for the, your country. Your home right. your your home, you know. Is you against, right. is you against uh, other countries. So it's definitely I think a, a eye catching experience. Um mm-hmm. Man, the NBA is just so great, man. It's just so many things that's changing for the good and some, you know, for the bad. But as a whole, it's it's starting to start as something new. The only right, thing- and, you, and you know, um, when I was coming up, the uh, NBA players, were, they weren't playing in the Olympics. It was just college players. Right. And, and Olympics- that's why when, when, when America started, started to lose the Olympic gold medal, that's when they developed the dream team and allowed the NBA players to be part of the, uh, the Olympic Games. And mm-hmm. I guess the rest is history because of the first uh, NBA assembled all-star team that played in the Olympics with Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan. They just they just humili- humiliated everybody. Yeah, because it's like, you know, you got kids coming out of college playing against really grown professional men who mm-hmm. been playing, like you said, for a long time and then they just crushing them like they like they looking at them like little babies and stuff. So yeah, and then I guess the commissioner said, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna fight fire with fire and they got, you know, assembled one of the greatest dream teams out there. There's only been two great dream teams. Yeah, that's the one with Michael Jordan and, and who? The one with and- Michael Jordan and Magic Johnson. And then the one with Kobe, LeBron, and Carmelo oh, Anthony. So right. um, I think, I think okay. that's the I think that's the 2008 or the 2012 team. So, but 
Right. But those were uh, great teams. Yeah, it might have been 2008 because Kobe was on Avengers that year after he lost to the Boston Celtics. So it was 2008. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. I like the direction. I saw a recent interview of Iman Shepard, a guard that played for the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. He was talking about the evolution of the game, and you was talking about, you know, everybody coming up with a three-point shot. Everybody can't shoot threes. Right. That's that's the thing, you know. Everybody tries, but not everybody succeeds. I remember, you know, I, was, I used to practice in the gym when he was working at Oliver um, shooting threes, and somebody told me, you know, Michael Jordan didn't always shoot threes, which was right. But, you know, I'm a shooter at heart, so I kept practicing my craft, and then lo and behold, I'm a, a great three-point shooter. Mm-hmm. And then as I got older, you know, my game started to change. You know, I was a good defender. Then I became a decent defender. And I started to become more of a ball handler, playmaker. Right. I get others involved. And, you know, I think some people, I think that's why it's good to take their time in college to really master their game. Because right. when you come to the NBA straight up a one and done, you know, unless you're blessed with that overwhelming, gigantuan game, I mean, you still got to practice your game. But, you know, when people saw – I'm going to use an example. When people saw Zion, there's like mm-hmm. a grown man and a little – grown man with and a little kid at heart. But he was moving right. people, you know, getting rebounds, high-flying. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he still has to learn, you know, how to learn how to control himself, you know, especially his weight. Cause he's overweight. He reminds me of a more of a finesse Charles Barkley. Yes. Um, some of his. And you know, good good yes. example uh, when LeBron James came out and Kevin Durant. They were right out of high school. They didn't ever go to college. No, Kevin they, Durant. Uh, Kevin Durant went to college. He did. Yeah. What college did he go to? University of Texas. I'm sorry, not Kevin Durant. Kevin Garnett, I'm sorry, you're right. <laughs> I meant Kevin Kevin Garnett. Mm-hmm. Right, Kevin Garnett didn't go to college. and he, But he was a polished, um, you know, a polished basketball player from, I guess, playing with pros at the, uh, at the uh, famous basketball courts in New York and Philadelphia and mm-hmm. Baltimore. Yeah, so when they like those courts there where people travel to, like the Rucker... The Rockers, exactly. Yeah. Um, a lot of great ball players, you know, played there, you know. And it's so, you know, some people remember, you know, Dr. J playing on the court, Kareem, you know, guys of that caliber. Kobe Bryant is another guy straight out of high school. But the mm-hmm. difference between Kobe and other players that came from high school is when Kobe got Kobe's work ethic set him apart from others. And yes. he said it in a, a document, a recent document. Mm-hmm. He says, when I got to the league, I was working hard. But when I saw these grown men working out and I was out working there, I knew I have made it. And right. even a great player like Jerry West saw the work ethic and determination in Kobe Bryant just off a workout. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't really work on their game. And they wonder why they don't stay in the league as long as others. Like, you got to take care of your body. You got to you gotta study. You got to know the flow of the game. 
like LeBron James is a good example too, and the tail end of Michael Jordan's career. He started shooting more jumpers than going in the paint, you know. Right, uh, prolonging his career. Right. That's what he's doing, prolonging his career. Right. Yeah, same thing with LeBron James, you know. Every mm-hmm. so often he'll go back to, you know, what he's what got him to the league, and then he also does what keeps him in the league. You know, he keeps working on his body. He spends a million dollars on his body. Right. I can say a million dollars work. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's but so true. When I, I what I want to bring back to the point, you know, before we close out is your inspiration to inspire others not only inspired the players that went further into the league, but it also inspired the players who just took which their learning lessons, the way you practice is the way you play and applied it to life skills. Because I see people every day and they be like, you know, I know your grandfather, he taught me a lot of things, man, that saved my life, you know, that those nights of just being in the rec center, just going in there hooping and just, just shoot till you miss. And then when you keep shooting, just keep shooting. So a lot of people want to say thank you. I want to say thank you. You know, it's very well, it's very humbling experience to be in your presence. Well, thank you. And uh, I have this saying that I used to say to my players at Carver High School, my girls team and my boys team, you are what you are when nobody's watching. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was one of my main mottos I used to say to them. So listen to audience. Listen, take heat of uh, this podcast. Use what you're being taught. Listen to your elders. Listen to those who came before you because they experienced things you haven't experienced yet. And they will help you prevent things that can be prevented. Sometimes, you know, we all want to learn on our own, but it doesn't hurt to sit down and just listen. Because what the elders are teaching you is life skills. They're explaining things to you so the lessons won't be forgotten or repeated. So we can pass on our knowledge and understanding of life to others. So we can all be great in our own way. And I think this will probably be one of my greatest podcasts or be the verge of my greatness. I thank you, Papa Lee, for coming on the show. Thank you very much for allowing me to speak to your audience. No, no problem. I'm your host, Jimmy Johnson Jr., and this has been another great episode of Vitamin Sports. See ya.